On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Texts and tweets are still flying in about our earlier discussion, which only really goes to prove that the government's decision to lift the moratorium on no-fault evictions is by far the biggest story of the week. Um, Minister Dara O'Brien uh, isn't available to join us in studio live today because he is already gone to uh, the United States. He's represented the government at various uh, functions in Savannah and in Atlanta. Um, did you know, by the way, that Savannah has the third biggest St. Patrick's Day parade in the world after New York and Dublin? Um, I didn't until a couple of years ago, but there you go. So that's why he's represented the government at that. Um, we did did speak to him for an extensive interview uh, just before he left on Friday morning um, about the state of the rental market and the consequences of the decisions made by the government. Um, in light of other information that's come to light since, including the RTB figures and particularly that Sunday Independent front page story this morning, we've decided that rather than airing the interview in full, that we will air some portions of the interview which still remain relevant despite the information that has come to light in the meantime. Uh, we're also joined in studio by Sinn Féin's housing spokesperson, Ona Brin, to react to, to what he's hearing from the Minister. Um, we'll start off by asking the Minister the obvious question really which is uh, what has the government done um, to ease the crisis during the five month period in which this moratorium was in place here's what he said On the emergency beds alone about an additional 650 uh, but most importantly what I said is we'd use the pause to deliver more permanent homes so since quarter three of last year and these are approximate figures but you know yeah. um, pretty detailed about 7,000 new social housing units were built uh, 600 new units leased Mm. new homes that is we bought 500 plus many of those are purchased with tenants in situ which i'm expanding sure. that scheme as well and we we brought back about 1500 um vacant social units yeah. back into use no, and, and i appreciate that, that they, they are all intru- I, I appreciate that they were all introduced yeah. to, to the permanent housing stock but i i think you would contend that you were going to do that anyway irrespective of them when the circumstances behind the moratorium came in well so, we would we, Absolutely, but I, I get that the other yeah. thing within it, though, it was the particular focus on the purchase with tenants in situ, that I ramped that up, and I got approval just this week for a further 1,500 homes. So that's where... So that, that's 1,500 ad- additional that wouldn't have additional. happened otherwise? Yes, exactly. So you basically and, got the cabinet to sign off on about half a billion's worth of capital spending? Yeah, but within our own envelope, and I think we can do that. Um, I'm, I'm looking at, and if more capital is needed, we will use it, because this is... These are permanent homes for people. Mm. This is public housing stock. It's I don't look at it like an asset, but it is an yeah. investment by the state. So, you know, and that's what I've always tried to turn away from the dependence on long term leasing, which in some areas that is needed for specific accommodation, but we've we've moved away from mm. that. So that's a bit of what Dara O'Brien told me when I spoke to him just before he left for the United States. Uh, to summarise, 650 new emergency beds introduced to the system, uh, 1,500 more tenants in situ purchases on the way and about 1,500 vacant social units brought back into use, he says, in the five-month period of the moratorium. Um, as I said, Sinn Féin's housing spokesperson, Ona Brin, is with me in studio. Um, Ona, it sort of sounds like the government didn't quite squander the five months in the way that you and others have presented. The very opposite. Uh, in fact, the government uh, missed their social housing targets last year. They were to deliver 9,000 units and the Minister has just admitted uh, in your interview that he'll only have delivered about 7,000. The 1,500 vacants aren't vacants. They're actually what we call casual uh, vacancies where one tenant moves out and another tenant moves in. Uh, and just like Owen Murphy, Dar O'Brien is misrepresenting those. But the biggest scandal is the tenant in situ scheme. Dar O'Brien very belatedly reopened that scheme in April of last year. Um, but the problem is uh, when he did, he left the decision making to the local authorities and what most local authorities are doing is using their ordinary rules for allocating properties when making decisions about the, the purchase. Okay. Just to make clear for people who aren't fully up on the details, by the way, tenant in situ is this 
is the uh, agreement where if a property is being sold and there is a tenant in, in situ, uh, that rather than turfing out the tenant and potentially having them exposed to homelessness, that the local authority simply buys the property instead so that the tenant can stay exactly where they are. Absolutely. And for example, in my own local authority, uh, 108 landlords have offered the properties uh, over the course of the last year to be purchased uh, by South Dublin County Council. Only three have been purchased. In October of last year, I wrote to the minister and I also gave him a draft circular setting out how that scheme needed to operate. Uh, They needed to suspend the ordinary allocation scheme. They needed to have a presumption to buy subject to cost and condition of property. Mm. And crucially, they needed to give the local authorities additional resources so they could expedite those purchases. We've only actually seen 13 such purchases across the four Dublin local authorities since the scheme reopened. The numbers are tiny and Darrell O'Brien is refusing to take the very constructive advice of the opposition on how to improve that scheme. So just like his social affordable housing targets uh, uh, that he's missed in the last three years, that target of 1,500 tenants in situ is meaningless if he doesn't change the scheme and mm. give the local authorities the staff uh, uh, to proceed with the But if he did, if he's talking about backing it up with having an extra capital budget, like he said there, that he effectively conceded that he's got the cabinet to sign off on half a billion's worth of, of extra capital spending. And if it's now coming with a ministerial imprimatur where it's not being left up to local authorities to decide how to do it, if he's telling them to buy the properties. Does that but, not then speed it up in ways that you want? But you see, the problem is Darrell O'Brien saying that in an interview to you isn't what's required. Darrell O'Brien needs to draft a circular. That circular needs to set out the changes to the scheme that we've recommended and that needs to go to the local authorities. And he has not done that as of yet. So the now, big as concern, of yet, the there's big, every prospect that he could do it if he's talking about amping it up to the, rate, the scale that he is. The question I'm asking is, given that the government introduced a ban on evictions uh, uh, last October and we were promised additional emergency measures, why didn't he do that then? The, the most important question you asked are is, what extra did he do above and beyond what he was going to do anyway over the course of the evic- eviction ban? And he didn't take any additional measures. On top of that, uh, uh, despite the fact that the government are ending the eviction ban uh, at the end of this month, which is the wrong decision, there is no immediate measures being put in place, okay. particularly given the fact that we're going to have thousands of notice to quit full due in April, May and June and that's really the crisis that uh, uh, we should be focused well, on. on that note I, I did put it to Dara O'Brien and let, let's play his answer now so this is clip two of the ones that we've got. Uh, I did put it to Dara O'Brien that the planned benefits that he plans to introduce for tenants like for example expanding the tenant situ scheme uh, that'll take a while to deliver because naturally every property that a local authority wants to buy gets tied up in conveyancing for example. Likewise he wants to give uh, tenants the prospect of having the uh, first refusal to buy a home if the home that they're living in is currently being sold. So I did put it to him that the planned benefits for tenants are going to be a little while away whereas the downside the prospect of eviction is going to be the reality in three weeks okay well let, let me put it this way firstly that the purchase for tenants in situ is in place now and it has been in place but ramping up for, 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 for 1500 more yeah, and all of the conveyancing that, not, that goes goes in table yeah, well, that, 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 it gives the ability for the local authorities when someone who is who is on the social housing list already and receiving housing support that the local authorities know that they can buy that home and they know that i'm telling them to buy that home and that the capital is there. So when someone, en- we've seen this already, when someone enters into an, an agreement and the local authority, authority enter into an agreement with the landlord to purchase that home, it takes the pressure off the tenant. It might take a couple of months through conveyancy to close, but it's not a medium-term measure. But I do understand the point that you're, you're making. That's immediate, and yeah. it has been in place. Yeah. The other position in relation to the first refusal, yes, that will require legislation. Um, and the first refusal will allow people to buy and in some instances, if they can't afford to buy, that I'm going to expand cost rental, which uh, to those homes as well, and we'll do that through through the AHBs. Mm. What I would say to you, Gavin, look, the decision itself was not taken lightly. Okay, um, we've we've a rental market and a rental system on the private side 
uh, that that ha- that isn't functioning as it should be. We've lost thousands of tenancies over the last five six years, and I genuinely believe, based on the uh, uh, the advice that I got and the research that we've done, that a further extension, whilst in the short term, uh, maybe a more popular move to make, would actually do more medium term damage and extensive damage, and could damage that sector irreparably. So that's Dara O'Brien talking about the short-term versus medium-term consequences of the decision uh, that he's made this week. Um, Oh no, Brian, a decision that he says he didn't take lightly, but that if the rental system isn't functioning, effectively what he's saying is that what's going to happen now, although it will result in an increase in homelessness in the short term, that it is the least worst option. That if he extended it, as your party and others have proposed, that it would only result in a further uh, flight of landlords from the market, that they would all sell up, that the property would be taken out of the rental sector and someone would buy it and presumably then become owner-occupier. And that in the long term is bad for tenants, worse than what the government's going to do now. Uh, and unfortunately there is no evidence to support the Minister's claim and if he has research he should publish it because I haven't seen any. Which claim? That the, that, that it, this is the least worst option? That, that it is based on evidence and, and, and research. The problem with the private rental sector is it has been shrinking for seven years uh, and no government, neither the last nor this, has put any measure in place either to address that or to provide alternative social affordable accommodation for people who are displaced by the shrinking of the private rental sector. All of the independent research that we have from the Residential Tenancies Board and they presented to our committee, uh, the Oireachtas Housing Committee in December shows uh, that there is a cohort of single property landlords for a variety of reasons are going to continue selling. They were selling before the ban on evictions and they're going to sell uh, if the government doesn't reverse this decision and ends it at the end of March. So actually what government needs to focus on is what do they need to do to uh, ensure the minimum level of homelessness uh, as single property landlords are selling up? And there's two ways of doing it. Uh, one is immediately expand and accelerate the tenant in situ scheme, not just for social rental, mm. but, affordable, but also for affordable cost rental. Okay. And again, That's what he's the, doing though, isn't it's it? It's not, you see, and this is the big problem. There is an affordable cost rental scheme at the moment. It's called the cost rental equity loan. Local authorities ha- or approved housing bodies have access to that. All Dara needs to do is to say to the approved housing bodies today, they can now come to him with proposals to purchase uh, uh, properties for cost rental. So if they're closer to the ground, they know where there's a property coming up, they know where there's a tenant that's going to be facing homelessness. Even more They can be proactive and come to him. We have one. Uh, It's Tatney House. It's in Dublin 8. Uh, It's over 30 families. Um, There's an approved housing body who's interested in it, but the minister hasn't opened that scheme. He's talking about maybe at some point in the future he'll extend cost rental uh, uh, to tenant in situ. But the other thing is we need a COVID-19 emergency response. I mean, Elaine Lachlan made the point uh, earlier in your discussion that we need to learn some of the positives from COVID. Uh, uh, The government has access today to emergency planning and procurement powers. If they were to use those and specifically target derelict and vacant homes and new building technologies, they could, in addition to their uh, uh, already minimal targets for social housing this year, increase uh, uh, the number of homes, both social and affordable, available. But that requires the ban to be extended because here's the problem. Local authorities are telling us at the moment they don't have the staff to process the tenant in situ applications that they're dealing with. Landlords aren't going to hang around. Uh, I've dealt with a number of cases where families became homeless because a landlord in good faith waited Mm. three, four, five months for a decision by the council, didn't get one. So it's it's quicker to sell it to a private sector buyer then. And the real issue is this, right? Like this government has no interest in the private rental sector in terms of tenants. Uh, It's really clear that government made a decision that yes, is unpopular with tenants, but is actually popular with landlords. This idea that they made a tough decision and they, you know, they really kind of laboured over it. We have a situation where in three weeks time, thousands of notices will fall due. 
thousands of people will be left uh, either having to overhold or leave their property. Hundreds of those will present for emergency accommodation to an emergency accommodation system that is already full. Many others will be forced to stay with family or friends. Okay. Some will be forced to sleep rough. That's not an indication well, that this government is serious about protecting renters. Well, you, you, just on that charge, there is nobody here from the government to answer to that point. So I will point out what they would say, which is that in the last budget, they didn't do anything to change the rental tre- or the tax treatment of landlords, but that they did introduce a rent tax credit. So they would say that, that was evidence of some of their priorities. Going back just a couple of minutes, though, you said that there is no evidence and you'd like to see the minister publish evidence to show that landlords are, are leaving the system or that there is this no, no, exit. That, apologies, that okay. wasn't the point I'm making. The, the government had been, has been arguing uh, that uh, if they extended the ban, it would have accelerated the exit of single property landlords from the market. Okay. What I'm saying is we have independent research from the Residential Tenancies Board that tells us that single property landlords, a specific cohort of them, are leaving and they're leaving for very particular reasons. The extension of the ban wouldn't have any impact on that. Uh, And crucially, what it would do is give government the extra time that's required to put in place the emergency measures so that when the ban is lifted, as landlords leave, real alternatives will be in place both for uh, people who could have access to social housing, but crucially people who need access to affordable homes as okay. well. Uh, this gets to the, really the nub then of what we're going to do in the short term. And I will stress again that when I spoke to Dara O'Brien just before he left on Friday, um, that it was before the figures had come out for the third quarter of this year about the number of uh, notices to quit that had been served. Um, I asked Dara O'Brien uh, what he says to people who in three weeks uh, will find themselves losing their current accommodation and who can't afford anything else. So simply will therefore have nowhere to go and you look at any quarter, that notices to quit that are issued, it's not, it, they don't correlate exactly to an, it, that additional number of people or households going into homelessness. Um, there, and I have said this very honestly, that the move and the decision that we've made may lead to further increase in homelessness in the short term. And what I'm making sure is that where that happens, that we have good emergency accommodation provision, that we're ramping up our local authorities through the additional delivery that we did in the last quarter to allocate those homes to people quicker and that we have support for people to get into permanent mm. housing. Because even last year, in a difficult year, there was 18, 1,800 people, 1,800 people exited mm. from homeless emergency accommodation into permanent secure social housing. Oh, indeed. Housing. And, and I'm not saying and that ev- everyone... And I'm not saying that everyone who has a notice to quit is going to find themselves homeless yes. or with nowhere else to go, but you do appreciate that the rental market is already massively constrained, that there are entire yeah. towns across the country that don't have a single rental property available right I, now. I fully, and if I somebody is removed, they, they will have nowhere else that is affordable to go. Well, we're, we will do everything we can to assist people in that space, and we're doing that, and I've already, I won't repeat what I said earlier, mm. but we've very significant additional delivery in the last quarter while the eviction pause was in place. To get to your very point, which is, a, which is really part of the nub of why, why the decision was made, hmm. we already have a really constrained rental sector out there. A lot of properties aren't even being advertised, that, you know, and there, um, no question it's constrained. It has continued to be for the last five years. I genuinely believe uh, that a further extension or interference in, in the market right now would lead us to have an even greater constraint uh, market in months to come. So again, Dara O'Brien, underlining that argument, which, which Owner Bryn, you say there isn't any evidence for that you'd like to see him publish, that the, what he's doing now is the, the least worst option. Um, you have a motion before the Dáil. Um, it's in recess this week for St. Patrick's Day, so it's back the week after. 
Uh, and as you told us on Friday in, in Leinster House, you're proposing to, uh, if it were up to you, you'd reinstate and extend the moratorium until the end of January next year. So that's a debate that's going to be happening on the 21st of March. Um, you brought a motion to the Dáil on the 21st of February in which you wanted to extend the moratorium until the end of December. So you've changed your tune in the last month. No, in fact, uh, we argued that it should be extended to the end of the year. But clearly That's you're, December, though. But clearly you're not going to lift the ban uh, uh, immediately after uh, Christmas. Uh, yeah. And therefore, in terms of the legislation, if we were crafting legislation, you would do it at the end of January. But you called on the government to extend the ban on evictions to the end of the year, except in such cases as breach of contract by the tenant or where the owner is homeless. That's what you asked the Dáil to vote on last month. We did indeed, although it was a motion, not legislation. Mm. Uh, and Which is we, what's happening again in, in a week and a bit, isn't it? It is, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and wording will be similar and in my head But you're asking now the government to extend this until the end of January where previously you wanted the ban extended until the end of the year which would mean until the week after Christmas no, and then didn't. result in some people no, going homeless in Christmas I week. I think you're splitting hairs. We didn't put a date in the motion uh, some weeks ago uh, and not unlike the government's ban on evictions there's a date at which the eviction ban is lifted but mm. then there is a step down period of several months and if you were to do this properly you'd extend it to the end of January and then you'd have a step down period over a number of months afterwards. What's really important here, however, is the emergency actions. You see, a ban on evictions in and of itself doesn't fix anything. It's mm. not a solution. And I've been saying this uh, since we started calling for this at the end of last summer. It is the emergency measures that you take during the period of the ban. So, in fact, the crucial thing about the motion, uh, uh, which we're finalising uh, early in the week, is the range of emergency measures it sets out. Because okay. those so you're going to be things, prescriptive this time. Those are the things, oh, we were pres- prescriptive the last time as well. Those are the things that will ease the pressure on the emergency accommodation system and allow you then to lift the ban at an appropriate time. Because our problem is, the reason why the ban was introduced in November was because in October, 19 local authorities had no additional emergency accommodation. They were full. The extra beds that the Minister spoke about in his interview were what we call the cold weather beds, uh, which actually close uh, at the end of the winter. Uh, And we now have more people in emergency accommodation than we had uh, in October and November. Uh, And when I talk to people in homeless services in the voluntary sector and the local government sector in recent days, they're telling us they are either full or they're going to be full very, very soon. So the real question is, when people's notices fall due in April, May and June, where are those people to go? Right. And some people will stay with family and friends. That's always yeah. the case. But there will be people who have no option and either they'll have to overhold, they'll have to sleep rough or if they have children uh, under toothless rules, like when Owen Murphy was the minister in 2018, they will be referred to guard stations for a safe place to sleep. That is not a credible proposition. How the minister can say that is the least worst option makes no sense to me at all. And that's not just my view, by the way. If you read the papers today, you'll see huge numbers of government backbenchers uh, are really concern. angry, mm. really angry that government has ended a ban and not put in place emergency measures. This is the all worst right. of all possible options. Uh, let me play you the final clip then from Minister O'Brien where I asked him uh, what would happen in the event of there being a short-term increase in homelessness. Let's have a listen. If it turns out that the impact of this decision is that there are thousands more people who are dependent on emergency accommodation because they have nowhere else to go, would you consider reintroducing a similar moratorium this summer or this autumn or this winter? No, I, I think what we've got to do should that transpire and um, obviously all of us hope that it won't and I don't think to that level that it will. Um, but, you know, will it, it really the solution to this is more permanent homes. I, I really believe that, and, and we have a good outlook into this year, we need to tenant them quicker. We need to get social houses with people in them uh, tenanted quicker as well. We've more affordable homes than we've had in, in, in a generation as well. Um, 
But I genuinely believe a further interference right now in the sector or this year uh, would create uh, maybe permanent uh, damage. I would would not have stood over a situation where knowingly that if I made a short-term decision that would maybe be popular in the short term, that would have more medium and long-term severe damage uh, to an already constrained uh, sector. That would be an irresponsible okay. thing to do. And I think those who were calling for that to, to, for that to happen uh, on the political side know that too and are being irresponsible in their calls for that as well. Okay, given that final word from Dara Bryan, I'm going to have to give uh, Ona Bryn the final word and I want you to respond to this text, Owen, who says, my God, listening to Ona Sinn Féin's policy, they're so anti-landlord, they're driving out landlords. Quickly, please. Uh, absolutely not. In fact, we need a functioning private rental sector that works for tenants and landlords. Uh, you will be uh, find it impossible to find a single occasion where I've attacked landlords. Government policy is failing. Darrell Bryan has been minister for two and a half years and homelessness has risen exponentially during that period. So have house prices, so have rents. Why? Because this government is failing to deliver okay. the volume of social affordable homes that are required. And, and not only has the government thrown in the towel on renters, they've thrown in the towel on fixing the housing system. And that's why ultimately the only way we're going to fix this crisis is with the change of government. But meanwhile, this ban needs to be extended. Emergency measures need to be put in place. Otherwise, okay. we will have a homeless crisis on a scale we have never thought impossible. Your motion is in the doll in nine days' time. We will see exactly how that debate goes when the doll comes back after the recess. Uh, Owner Bryn, Shane Fain, spokesperson on housing. Thank you very much for joining us in studio. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PWC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.